the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is that I was scrolling through my newsfeed on Instagram mm. and I seen you were using different weights uh, compared to what I'm usually used to. And <laughs> I was like, wow, what is this? So I went on to it and I started scrolling for your feed and I just seen all of these, like, it, it was like DIY. It's what, you, it's what it says in your bio of your, uh, of mm-hmm. your Instagram. And um, I just thought it was so creative. And like, as soon as I seen like the videos as well of you like making it and like the pictures, I got this sense of like respect for you and I didn't even know who you were and I was just like, wow, that is fucking so like inspiring and like respectful and motivational. Um, but yeah, that's me just blabbering on. Uh, what I get people to do at the start is just introduce yourself. So if you want to just uh, introduce yourself for the listeners. Yeah, 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 sure, mate. Uh, yeah, really appreciate those those kind words, and it's uh, great that you stumbled across that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, my name's Matt, and I'm 32 years old. I live in a city in uh, Australia called Bendigo. It's got about 100,000 people in it. Uh, my passion in life is health, fitness, and wellness. Uh, I'm also a qualified builder. I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach. Uh, I'm currently studying a diploma in counselling because I want to help people battle through alcohol and drug addiction uh, since I went through it myself quite a few years ago. Um, I volunteer two days a week at a food relief service uh, here in Bendigo. Um, So what we do, uh, we actually put food parcels together and give them to the most vulnerable people here in Bendigo. Wow. And this is where I actually get to practice my counselling uh, with these guys as well because obviously they they can't afford um, counselling themselves because, as you know, counselling and psychologists are quite expensive per the hour. So yeah. I, um, I offer my services there just to help people through. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm very lucky that I found that organisation. Um, uh, that's been a big uh, purpose of mine the last uh, 12 months, especially during the pandemic. Uh, on the side, obviously, you touched on it earlier. I enjoy making uh, my own gym equipment. So I've got a garage here where I make YouTube videos and I teach people uh, who probably, maybe people around the world who can't afford a gym membership. And obviously, the gyms were closed mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic um, around the world. And a lot of gyms are actually still closed. So I'm trying to help people through uh, through this through this time, uh, through adversity, with um, helping them build their own gym equipment through uh, using materials like bricks, concrete, uh, wood, metal, uh, and pretty well anything they can find around their house. So, uh, I've designed a YouTube, I've made a YouTube channel, and uh, where I teach people how to make their own equipment. And um, I'm also a natural bodybuilder, and uh, yeah, so I compete with the ICN Victoria. And um, yeah, I actually competed in my first show only a few weeks ago and I did that all through my homemade equipment. Um, so I just wanted to show people that they don't necessarily need to go to a gym yeah. as such and they're more than capable if they put their mind to it. Uh, if they're willing to improvise and make their own equipment, they can jump on stage uh, Yeah, through possibly watching my videos or maybe uh, brainstorming some some of their own ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's 
that's pretty well it now yeah cool and um, perfect well you've touched on a lot of things that i want to talk about anyway so um just one thing and um, you said that bindigo um it only had a population of a was it a thousand oh a hundred thousand oh a hundred thousand sorry i was like what um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. that's a bit of a okay. There's a lot of towns here with 1,000 people, so I can see how you can, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you ask that question. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so there's 100,000 people, but they have, so would they have like a lot of homeless people or would it just be people from like uh, living in impoverished conditions? Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Um, so the homelessness in Bendigo has gone up 50%. Uh, since the pandemic and the reason being is that Melbourne got hit quite hard with the pandemic uh, so of course uh, a lot of the homeless people uh, wanted to get out of Melbourne because already uh, they're, they're finding it tough being being in a big city with uh, no money and, and not many people around them so actually a lot of the homeless people have come to Bendigo uh, as a way of getting a little bit more freedom mm-hmm. um, because Melbourne actually had very strict uh, COVID-19 rules uh, where there was actually a curfew in place, yeah. that sort of thing. So uh, we've been inundated here in Bendigo uh, with the homelessness. Uh, so like I said, it's gone up 50% and we, we honestly can't keep up. And that's why I've gone into counselling too because uh, there's just such a big shortage of um, yeah, people in that industry, especially males in that in that age range, that uh, you know, a lot of these homeless guys have just come out of prison, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they they want someone who they can really connect to and uh, really feel like they're getting understood. And sometimes in in this uh, industry, it's uh, you know, it can have a lot of people in that age bracket from sort of fifty to to seventy, where maybe that connection isn't quite there. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd um, put my hand up and really be that person that these people can open up to and really feel like I can uh, connect with these guys since I've been in in sort of these uh, a couple of years ago or even 18 months ago I was sort of um, going through a lot of issues with drug and alcohol myself and um, I got through it with uh, health, fitness and wellness especially meditation mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot there uh yeah, in terms of wellness, where we can help the most vulnerable people uh, get through a lot of tough times. Yeah, no, that you've you've hit the nail right on the head there. Um, that's very, uh, it's very inspiring what you're doing. You're sort of giving back to people that are in sort of similar circumstances, or they have gone through like a like a like a hard time, like a vulnerable time. Uh, yeah. We'll touch on all that. Um, I'll try and structure it for the listeners so they can uh, get like a good sense of uh, mm. who you are and, and what you, where you've came sure. from, and what you're doing. Um, so you sure. said before you started the bodybuilding and sort of the fitness and the mindset mm. and things of life. Before all that, was that when you went for your um, drug addiction and alcohol addiction? Yeah, exactly, man. Like uh, I'm a like I'm a qualified builder, and I've I've done that ever since I was 15 years old. And it's not until this time last year actually I realised that the only reason I was building was to sort of uh, 
I know, sort of impressed my father, I suppose, because he always told me, oh, I'd love for you to be a builder. I always wanted to be a builder. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I, um, I had to be a builder. And uh, I always looked up to my father, and obviously I still do. And, yeah, I wanted to get the respect off him. Uh, and it wasn't until, yeah, this, like I said, this time 12 months ago that I realised <laughs> I, I never actually wanted to be a builder. And I was chasing chasing this uh, this occupation and, and trying to get fulfilment out of it. And it was like getting blood out of a stone because yeah. my real love was uh, health and fitness and actually uh, communicating with people. And I, I, love, I love talking to people and especially people going through struggles. And yeah. I'm, I'm always drawn to the underdogs of the world because I just feel like uh, these guys you know, need the most help. And I get a lot of my energy from giving compliments to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, it's just really weird. I, I never really thought that I, I never saw myself in fitness, health and wellness and, um, and helping people through counseling. Uh, but I've always been very good at it naturally. Like it's, it's innate in me. Uh, I always thought, no, nah, I'm a builder. That's all I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the more I, I continued to uh, continued with my construction company. I had actually three employees. It was a great company. We were going really well. We had a great reputation, uh, but I just didn't love it. I was doing it as a job and just to bring money uh, into my life, and it wasn't really bringing any purpose. Yeah. And uh, the, the more money I was making, the more I had money to spend on uh, bags of Coke and, <laughs> um, you know, nightclubs and big benders from Friday through to Monday. Uh, and I actually came to a realization uh, that the reason why I was hitting it so hard was because I wasn't truly happy and I knew that I was in an industry that wasn't filling my soul, I mm-hmm. suppose. Uh, and I had a real wake-up call in Melbourne about 18 months ago where I passed out in the, the public toilet from, you know, too much, <laughs> too much alcohol and drugs, and uh, it was a real wake-up call. And I knew that if I didn't change my life, I was going to pretty well, you know, die. <laughs> yeah, I know that's hard to say, but I, I would have uh, something would have happened. Yeah, I was involved with some, you know, pretty crazy stuff that was going on, and and I was sort of drawn to it, and and then I still had to run my construction company and pretend that everything was okay, put on a brave face. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, it was a tough time, but I believe if I didn't go through that time, there was, there's no way I'd be connecting with these fellas coming out of prison right now. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be able to have that connection, feel that energy with them because, um, yeah, it's just really helped build that rapport with these guys and an understanding of, you know, I, I can't understand fully what someone goes through. Uh, but I can definitely um, feel a little bit of empathy and, uh, and compassion for these guys because I know what it's like to be uh, <laughs> going through all that all that shit pretty yeah. well. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how old are you now? I'm 30, I'm 31 or 32? 32, <laughs> I think. You're 32. Actually, I think I'm 32. <laughs> I actually can't remember. Uh, uh, I'm in I'm in my early 30s, mate. 
<laughs> okay, we'll leave it at early thirties. I'll have to check that one. <laughs> so you're in the early thirties, yeah. and it wasn't until eighteen months ago that you um you were still on that addiction, that sort of crap pathway in your life. Mm. Okay, and uh, yeah. whenever you went into sort of the construction side, um, uh. During your early life, how old were you? When I started construction? Yeah. Oh, look, I left school when I was 15 years old. Uh, so I left in grade 10 because I was just playing up too much. I yeah. got expelled from school. I was a bit of a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my father said, oh, perfect opportunity for you to be, become a builder. What do you think? I went, oh, yeah, Dad, that'd be great. So I just went straight into the building trade. And look, I never regret it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was 15 when I started my apprenticeship. I was 19 when I was fully qualified and earning a very decent wage at 19 when a lot of my friends were just starting their first year of uh, university. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I was in construction from from basically 15 years old. Uh, but, you know, I did a lot of traveling in between there as well so i did three years of traveling nice um overseas during that time as well because i'm a i'm a backpacker like i was yeah. uh exploring new cultures and immersing myself uh different cults and seeing how you know the other side lives and I'm, I'm very grateful that i did all that before the uh pandemic hit earlier this year yeah that's for sure yes. um, but, but yeah it was um I've, yeah, I've been on and off building in between my travelling since I was 15 pretty well. Okay, cool. And um, yeah. just to touch on another point there, um, so your father, he, he wasn't a builder, was he? Uh, well, if you ask him, yeah, he will tell you he's a builder. <laughs> uh, he wasn't necessarily a qualified builder, but uh, he knows, look, he hasn't got the qualifications, but I can tell you right now, he knows a million times more than me and I'm qualified. So yeah. um, I, I still ring him up for advice because, look, I, I still um, do a bit of building on the side. If someone yeah. wants a deck built or a pergola, I'll, um, I'll give him a hand. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I can still, uh, yeah, bring money in that way, I suppose. And, uh, look, I, I love picking picking and choosing my jobs now like if I really enjoy a certain client and uh, we, we really connect well then I want to do that job for that person mm-hmm. uh, I was doing jobs for people who just didn't appreciate uh, you know what our company were doing uh, so they just wanted jobs done quickly you know quickly and cheap and and then you know sometimes we wouldn't even get a thank you we really appreciate your work or anything like that people just a lot of people these days are just after um, something being as, as cheap and, and quick as possible and they just want things done, you know, tomorrow. And yeah. there's, I think there's been a bit of a, a loss in appreciation for um, how long something might take. Like the pyramids obviously didn't take a week to build. They've taken thousands of years, you know. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's, yeah. it's true. I'm a... I'm reading a book at the moment. Uh, it's called Lost Connections, Johan Harry. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, yeah. It's a really good book. It's about depression. He's not like a uh, psychologist or anything like that. He's just a normal guy. And 
he was hooked on uh, painkillers and then it went on to more um, like harder like opioids and stuff like that and then he was on antidepressants to try and kill his depression and uh, yeah so he was like trying to he was trying to differentiate if it was something wrong with his brain or if it was just the environmental factors and um, I'm about over halfway through it and he talks about in one chapter about the disconnection of people so like I everyone does it I don't know why it happens but like I've moved into a new apartment two weeks ago and I don't know Mm. any of my neighbors like how weird is that like you don't know any of your neighbors like it just it seems so weird like I remember whenever I was a kid in the 90s like my mum and dad they knew everyone like who lived around them and like they would have went next door Mm. to like borrow stuff they would ask for help like if you didn't have a hammer you would go next door and ask see now people are so afraid to like ask their next door neighbor for something. And it's because I believe it's because of technology, like we're just so fixated on our technology and how many likes we can get on Instagram, all that there bullshit. We think, it, we think of it as like a currency and it's sort of like made us lost on that human connection. So I, I'm sort of, everyone's a, like, they've got a part to blame in this. Like if I have a builder coming around, I'll sometimes like it it kind of depends so if they come in and I see that they're nice and they're like happy and smiling I'll offer them a cup of tea or I'll offer them a drink something like that there <laughs> but like if I see someone coming in and they're kind of like other people well they just want to come in and get the job done I'm just like there's yeah. no point in me even bothering with you just come in and get your job done and get out like I won't even talk to you um so so I kind of know yeah. I kind of know what you, where you're coming from, like what you're saying about the appreciation side of things. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Uh, yeah, and I, I really feel like that's a certain energy that someone will let off, and it's a law of attraction, mm-hmm. I suppose. When someone comes in with a smile on their face and with that really positive energy, you just want to do as much as you can for that person, I feel. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's quite hilarious. I think we can draw that into our lives. Yeah. Um, just from from what we give out to the universe, you know, like obviously this carpenter who you're talking about, you know, if he comes in all bubbly and jumpy and positive, you know, of course you're going to offer him a bloody coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, of, of course. And he's he's actually, you know, he's earned that himself from, yeah. from what he's giving out. And um, I really believe that with uh, a lot of things we do, like entering a room uh, with a smile on our face, and with our body language uh, in, a, in a positive sort of manner, we, uh, people are going to want to come to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we if we go into a room, we've got a big frown on our face, our shoulders are shrugged, like really, who wants to talk to that person? Exactly. And they're the people who... Oh, actually, I do know. Yeah. They're the people who need to talk to. I to talk to those people. <laughs> Other people like that person because it makes them feel better. Yeah, when exactly. actually talk to this person. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a weird one. It's it's kind of like, it's like if someone's coming in with a smile, like you obviously greet them and you're smiling with them because smiles are contagious. But then if someone's coming in with a frown, I suppose it's on me to sort of be the person not to differentiate that person from the person with the smile. Like I could turn that guy's <laughs> day around, do you know what I mean, with a frown by just saying, yeah. do you want a cup of tea? But like, it is very, yeah, very yeah, yeah. hard to be 
generous to someone who just doesn't look mm. like happy or respectful to you do you know what I mean yeah you have to really um it's something that we really have to dig deep for and I suppose these people with a with a frown on their face and shoulder shrug like you know potentially they're not feeling good about themselves and it's up to happy people to bring these people up and showing compassion yeah. and thinking wow I wonder why that person is like that mm. like uh, I think we can get caught up with thinking, oh, this guy, this guy's a, a bad person because he's not smiling and yeah. you know he's angry. But I suppose if uh, if we turn it around and show a bit more compassion and think, well, I wonder if you know what's happened. Has he had a fight with his girlfriend this morning, yeah. or has he lost his father overnight, or you know, and, and not just jumping to conclusions and thinking, oh, this guy's a prick, you know, <laughs> you know, he's done this and that. What an asshole. Yeah. You know? And uh, look, I, I do it all the time. I um, we were actually in Melbourne yesterday and uh, it was really funny. We we're looking for a park down Ligon. I don't know if you've been in Melbourne down Ligon Street. Just been once to Melbourne. Mate, it's a nightmare to get a park. We finally got a park. Anyway, this car pulls out and then this big Range Rover pulls in and takes the park in front of us. Oh, and no. like we were there first. And tell you what we were spewing we were just like oh you little prick like that'd be right like in a big Range Rover and yeah. but then like that's just the perception that we had and yeah. it was just because we were jealous that he got the park yeah. and um, you know if we were to look at it another way like there are a couple of variables it could have been oh maybe he didn't see us with that car um, in front of us or you know he's probably a very nice man he's probably a great father he's probably this and that and it's amazing how uh, perceptions can change how we feel about a situation. Yeah. Because in, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as stress. It's just um, perception. Stress doesn't actually exist. Yeah. It's how we perceive an event. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that as well. Um, people have different perceptions of sort of how mm. uh, the world is supposed mm. to work. And mm. you're not going to agree with everyone. And look, even what I just said, that's completely subjective. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's a perception from my, from my end as well. So yeah. there you go. It's, yeah, everyone has, has their own views and just because I think like that doesn't mean that it's right as well. So Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I know I shouldn't like talk about politics and stuff like that, but um, very few people, <laughs> <laughs> very few people like Donald Trump, but I like some of his characteristics. I don't agree with everything that he says, but whenever I tell people mm. that like I agree with some of the things that he does and what he has done, they just immediately yeah. label me with all these labels and I'm just like, but you don't know me. Like if you actually sat down and talked to me, you would see <laughs> that like I'm a very center person, but like I like mm. some of the characteristics of Trump because I'm sort mm. of like that person who for university i was very like left-wing thinking i was like all about socialism and then whenever i came out of yeah. university and i went um got my own job went into the real world got a girlfriend started like <laughs> making a living for myself uh mm. got a house and um, all these like things that came into my world into the real world it made me change my sort of beliefs and like my political views and then i started seeing myself becoming from this left-wing person like oh it's all about the revolution revolutionals here bullshit i started seeing myself coming yeah. into the middle a bit more and then 
even like looking at some of the values that like republicans have or like uh, conservative people have looking at them being like i actually understand them um, and i feel like talking to people and not labeling them straight away is kind of the best way to move forward in life so i agree 100 percent what you said about the perception thing mm. like everyone has different perceptions and you're not going to get it right all the time so it's like the example I give about the guy walking in with a frown. That could just that's just my perception. But it could I could be wrong. Like you said, he could have broke up with his girlfriend, he could have lost his father or something like that. Um But I feel like the best way to go about things is just to not be as subjective, maybe sort of just like be you and just be yourself to everyone yeah. and doesn't matter what they look like yeah. or what they do and um, like you're a big muscly guy like i'm sure like if you got out of the car and you turn around that guys that was my fucking spot like he would shit himself but like you were just like taking high ground you're just like no it's fine he can have it maybe i should have done that yeah <laughs> yeah you should have you would have got the spot <laughs> yeah uh, i just i cannot be bothered i actually um i really yeah, I'm not a big fan of conflicts. Like, yeah, I just I feel like conflict just creates more drama, mm-hmm. and it's just more energy being directed uh, in an area that I just don't don't really want it to to be directed at. And yeah, yeah, I just feel like it just makes matters worse a lot of the time. Unless like I'm truly passionate about a. Um, you know, uh, something we're talking about or, uh, yeah, I'll, obviously I'll, um, I'll put in my views. Uh, but if it's something, you know, something so petty as a car park, I'm not one to um, put my energy into areas like that. I'd rather <laughs> put it into other, uh, other areas of my life. And yeah. I think it's actually, I find it quite hilarious um, seeing people, uh, participate in like road rage and um, just even just fights at the pub like these are just such yeah. little dramas you know like oh you, you bloody spilled a drink over me you prick you know like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna knock you out it's like why would you put all your energy into such a little thing like that yeah exactly where you can actually put you can transfer that energy into having a meaningful conversation with somebody talking about uh, like really fascinating topics or even, you know, uh, engaging in conversations which might even save someone's life, you know, like you might pinpoint uh, something that somebody's really amazing at and they, that day they might have thought, you know, I'm not very good at this, I'm useless, what's the point of me being alive? And you put all that energy into, into that person and really picking them up and making them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... I feel like energy, putting energy into those sort of areas where uh, into compassion and empathy and just being a kind, good human being, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we're all put on this earth to be. Yeah. I think everyone's got those traits within them. I just think directing energy more towards those sorts of uh, things are, are more valuable, I suppose. But yeah, yeah anyway. Very... Uh... This conversation started off very uh, philosophical, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
So see if you're like in the, so say like, I don't, obviously I don't know you personally, but like from looking at your Instagram, I can see that you're passionate about fitness, sort of, I would have assumed that you're fit, you're passionate about construction, but you told me that you sort of, you don't know if your head's in it or whatever. Um, I would assume that you're very into your nutrition. So say for an example, me and you were having a discussion about nutrition and obviously like it's so subjective like there's so many different things coming out scientists saying this other people are saying that blah blah and but say like i got something like really wrong like say something to do with like the likes of like fat loss versus weight loss say i was like very adamant that like uh that like you can only get fat loss free cardio or something like that there. Say I was like very adamant on that. And like, I just wasn't listening to anything that you were coming at me with, like say like science or anything like that there, or what you've actually been for yourself. Would you, because that's like one of your sort of core beliefs, would you, would you argue, would you get into a conflict about that because you're passionate about it? Or would you just be like, I'm just going to leave this energy here because this guy's stupid. I only heard half of what you said then, <laughs> but all I all I got all I got was if someone came up to you, uh, came up yeah, well, came up to me, um, asking for nutrition advice. Yeah. Okay. So weight loss. I. Right? Yeah, I, I got a bit excited. I'll talk a bit slower because I do know that I have a very hard accent and maybe the connection's oh, no, not great as well. No, actually, cut out. I could okay. understand your accent. Your right. accent's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll, yeah. I'll say it again. Um. <clears throat> okay. Go. So, looking at you, I would believe that one of your core beliefs is nutrition, and you would know everything about yeah. nutrition. Okay. But mm. obviously, science is changing. People have different opinions. What works for them and what doesn't work for them. Yeah. And then. Same and you, we didn't know each other and we were at a party just talking. There was no alcohol involved or anything like that. And I just started saying that you can only get fat loss through cardio. Say something like that, something stupid like that. But you obviously would know that's not right because you can obviously get fat loss through lifting weights. But imagine I was so oblivious to that and I just kept on thinking, no, I'm right, you're wrong. Would you, would because that's your core belief, and you're very passionate mm. about that. Oh, yeah. Would you, <laughs> would you get into a conflict, or would you walk away and not release that energy? Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a really great question. I really <laughs> love that question. Um, well, you thought about that one, or not? Thanks. Um, okay. Well, no, no. I, I respect. Uh, I respect everybody's opinion, okay? Uh, as long as they're, they're actually not hurting anybody. 
uh, or hurting themselves. And if it's working for them and they're actually um, feeling quite content in their life with this uh, direction that they're following, then, hey, if I'm happy, if they're happy, I'm extremely happy because uh, when I see somebody happy and content with the, the life that they've chosen, it actually makes me happy as well because that's what we're all trying to achieve. Um, I would question him. I would ask him, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my opinion on him straight away. I would actually ask him, uh, you know, a few probing questions. I would ask him, okay, yeah, cool. Um, so uh, where did you first get this idea? And just see where he, where he actually got his, uh, what source he got it from. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'd question the reliability of the source um, as well. But there's no way that I would ever tell someone that they're wrong and I'm right. Uh, I like to, what I like to do is ask people questions and I like to challenge their thinking. And I don't do it in a way where I'm putting my thoughts onto them. Yeah. I do it on a way that they can actually look introspectively at themselves and come to a conclusion themselves. Okay. So it's actually giving them the, the autonomy to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the times, just through asking questions, if people are really self-aware enough, they will come to the conclusion themselves that, oh, geez, maybe I should look a bit further into this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that evidence actually isn't correct. Uh, but there is no way I'll ever, um, you know, butt into someone's conversation and try and voice my my opinion on them because everyone's entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. and. That's what makes this um, world such a beautiful place, depending on what country you're from, where you know, freedom of speech mm-hmm. is such an amazing uh, thing we can all have. Yeah. And yeah, very, very lucky to have it. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, very lucky. Like I said, Dave, like, uh, everyone's got their own opinions. And there are so many um, diets out there and routines that you can follow. And hey, they're actually all, all right. Like what's to say that they're wrong? Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, it's... Oh, look, a lot of it, there is some science behind uh, a couple of the diets out there, but at the end of the day, if it works for your lifestyle and you feel happy doing it and it's not hurting anyone, it's not hurting yourself, it's not hurting your friends and family and um, emotionally and physically you feel content in the way you're following, then just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's not going to hurt if you're seeing results and... Yeah. What's the, what's the issue here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, uh, yeah. just on that point, uh, thanks very much for answering that question. Um, just on that point, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram and his name's called Food Kuma. Have you ever heard of him? He's from Sydney. What's his name? Food Kuma. Mm, no? No. I've, okay. So this guy, he... Basically, he is obsessed with burgers. He's got like a quarter of a million followers and he just like posts everything. Every single post is about a burger and like him making it. And he goes to different restaurants and tries all these burgers. But his logo is like a barbell and then it has a burger on top of it. And it sort of got me thinking. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Because obviously you would assume that this guy is a fat bastard. And uh, he... 
actually seen it that only just yesterday and he put up on his story ask me for a photo so it's like this new trend going about where people are like saying uh show me a photo of one time whenever you were drunk show me a photo one time whenever whenever um you were most ripped or something like that but someone said show me a photo of your physique and whenever he put up the photo i was like oh my god this guy looked exactly like you like shredded like fuck and i was just like yeah does he just make the burgers and not eat them because the burgers look amazing and i was just like fucking hell this is crazy like but he must have found something that works for him oh mate like um burgers the macros in burgers are fantastic quarter pounder perfect amount of carbs to protein <laughs> uh if you eat a quarter pounder burger within an hour of your workout your body's gonna lap that up it's gonna absolutely absorb all the glycogen so it's going to fill the muscle stores okay mm-hmm. um you got the protein for muscle building so protein synthesis uh and you've got a healthy amount of fat you haven't got too much fat okay um so you don't want too much fat after you work out because your body's not going to uh, absorb it all so look if he's having if he's having this burger straight after he works out and this burger has 3,500 calories, and that's the only thing that he's having for the day, he'll be shredded. Yeah, that's, see, like, to me, I've never been to, like, a PT or anything. Um, I just Mm. go to the gym. Like, I've always been, like, a sporty person. Like, I haven't been, like, really, like, a gym fanatic. So, like, I've done, like, soccer. I've Mm. done Gaelic football. Um, I went a bit into MMA for a while. And then, most recently... Yeah, I've just been doing, uh, at the moment I'm doing like gym, so I'm doing like uh, weightlifting and stuff. Um, I've sort of got like, I've got like a routine for myself, but like I haven't like really dove into like what I'm supposed to be doing, if you know what I mean. Um, I just know, I just go in and then I make sure that I burn like at least like 600, 700 calories in a workout. Um, and that'll be like incorporating like um, sort of supersetting so like I'll do like say like a mm. bench press and then I'll go and do push ups straight away and then I'll take my one minute rest mm. and then I'll do it like four times and then I'll probably do like five yeah. like exercises but like I wouldn't say that like I'm overweight or anything like I have like I'm not shredded either I've got like I would say like I'm at like maybe between 10 and 15 percent sort of body fat and but i always have that tiny bit of gut where you can't see the bottom pack and it really fucks me off so i think i need to go to pt to try and get rid of that Um, (laughs) because i i I don't know myself and um i've got too much other stuff to be doing and instead of researching it but i do love researching like i'll try and listen to like a lot of stuff and like uh, people like yourself like i'll try and like look at their workouts and see what they're doing but i think maybe it's like the nutrition side of things that i don't really understand that much and which i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) well well the thing is like you said you're at 10 to 15 percent, so that's actually optimal as a human being as a male, 10 to 15 percent, like you're in great shape. That's fantastic. When we start to go single digit, like single digit uh, body fat, mm-hmm. we're actually in an unhealthy range there. 
Uh, you know, like we're more prone to getting sick. We don't have as much energy. Our testosterone goes down as males. Uh, it's not healthy. Mm. Uh, so you're actually, you're in a perfect place right now. Uh, you know, so it gets, especially prepping for a comp, uh, like I got down to four, four, five percent a few weeks ago and God, it was disgusting. My, my coach actually had to tuck me into bed on the last mm. night, uh, before, before comp because I, I was so low on energy and so depleted. I couldn't even put the doona over me, you know. So, like on a, you know, if we we're talking about uh, back in the day uh, when we had, you know, ten kids and we're living in the caves, like to be to be at five percent body fat, how the hell were we going to hunt? How were we going to yeah. look after our family? Uh, it's very unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, it looks fantastic. Yeah, you ripped to shreds. You're quite bloody Superman. It's awesome. Uh, you know, you get some comments from people and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. It looks fantastic. It's not sustainable. Mm. Uh, so the, you know, if you're at 10 to 15% and you're following your routines, it sounds like you've got a great routine and I'm all about routines and rituals. And if, if you've got one that works quite well for you and, and like, like I said, if you're happy and it works for your lifestyle, uh, keep going. And the thing is with, um, with having routine is it makes us accountable. Uh, mm. So if we follow this routine every day and we're getting better every single day, by the end of the year, it's just incredible how much we can progress if we just keep following this routine, you know, and it might be going up, you know, one kilogram of weight per week. Mm-hmm. But if we're doing that, uh, like obviously in the gym, if we're going up one kilogram per exercise uh, each week, can you imagine at the end of the year how, you know, how much stronger we're going to be? So yeah. it's not about making drastic changes. It's just about making minute changes and, and just being patient and enjoying the journey as we go along because, like, the best physiques were not, you know, were not built in a month. They were built over years and years, you know. And, like, I started bodybuilding 10 years ago and, you know, I'm – only only now really I'm starting to see really, really good results. Mm-hmm. I've always had a had a fairly good body and um, you know, fairly ripped, but I never had like big legs or, you know, really big shoulders and it's taken years of work and uh, it's not it's not a pill that's gonna do it. Um, oh, I mean, obviously if you start getting on the roids it'll happen <laughs> yeah. a lot a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a natural bodybuilder and the thing is with natural bodybuilding it takes time and that's where I really feel like natural bodybuilding, um, on a personal note, I feel like uh, the intrinsic reward that I get out of it uh, is just incredible because I know I've purely done this through my diet and fucking hard work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no, one can t- no one can take that away from me. Yeah. And the thing is with natural bodybuilding, uh, if you're willing to go through the patience and the time and the discipline and... Uh, it's it's tough, it's tough, but I'll tell you what, the muscle that you get from uh, natural bodybuilding over time is really defined and um, it's mature muscle. So like it'll as long as uh, you're maintaining this, it will stay with you uh, as you continue to age. Um, look, I'm not against I'm not against steroids at all. I um I think it's amazing. Um, 
how big people can get using steroids and fucking hard work again, like mm-hmm. as we talked about. Um, people think people who use steroids, oh, they don't work hard in the gym. I know, I know. They probably work harder. They, sometimes they work harder in the gym, yeah. you know, because it motivates them to lift bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, or the only thing I have against people using steroids is when they're not honest about using steroids. Yeah, that's why I don't um, like either. Yeah, so it's very questionable. In the um, Natural Bodybuilding Federation, uh, there are some questionable athletes competing. Uh, and once again, uh, it's only perception. Uh, but of course, over the world, there are natural bodybuilders competing who have used or are using. But I've got nothing against these people either. Uh, I just worry about how they get to sleep at night. Yeah. Mainly. Do you know what the thing yeah. is for me? <laughs> I believe if you want to take steroids, that's fine. But like, if you're going in a competition, any competition, any mm. sports, like take for example fighting, mm. MMA, if you're going against someone yeah. who's taking steroids, they're going to be stronger than you. Do you know what I mean? And they're going to have that advantage mm. over you. If you haven't been taking steroids, it doesn't matter if like you're the same weight or anything like that there. They've obviously got there quicker than you and they've got that advantage over you straight away. And um, I, yeah. I, I don't agree with that. Um, so fair play to you for uh, doing the natural bodybuilding. Um, have you ever have you ever taken it? Have you ever experimented with steroids? Nah, not at all. Know. No, okay. Not at all. I thought about it when I was about 24, when mm-hmm. I was a young whippersnapper. <laughs> I, um, I thought, oh, geez, maybe I'll just try it once. Yeah. Uh, but there was something deep inside of me that knew I'd regret it. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, uh, once people start on steroids, it's an addiction. Mm. And I feel like once once you start, it's very hard to get off it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I just feel like it would be frustrating. So me as being like a, a traveler, and I'm actually a minimalist as well. Like I like to travel with a backpack. Okay. I feel like for me traveling with steroids, and it would just be frustrating going through airports, and uh, I just feel like it would be impractical for my lifestyle. And I'm I'm really into uh, nature and mindfulness and healthy living, so I feel like for me to take steroids is going against uh, my core values. As yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. No, that. Uh... But the thing is, sorry, I was just going to yeah, say go there is a difference. So, like, um, so people who actually naturally have low testosterone, because steroids is is testosterone, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is I feel like people, males who have low testosterone, I am well and truly for people taking TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, to pick their testosterone levels up. Uh, I think that's a really amazing thing that we actually have access to. Yeah. And I think there that should be uh, something that's not taboo anymore. Like it's very taboo. And because the thing is testosterone, it's very important to males. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for uh, for the well-being of a male, and it, it makes us who we are. Yeah. You know, it gives us our sex drive. It, it's uh, through cognitive abilities as well, physical. It just lifts us up as as males. And uh, when when someone who's in their mid thirties and has testosterone levels as a seventy year old, 
this poor guy is suffering depression. All he needs is mm. a little bit more testosterone and this could be life-changing for this person. Yeah. So, look, I've had my, my levels checked and I'm in the healthy range for my age. There is no reason for me to take steroids. Mm -hmm. If uh, my friend went and got tested, he's my age and he's got the test levels of a seven-year-old, bloody hell, like, definitely. Like, yeah. I would recommend this person to... um you know, to get some uh, testosterone replacement therapy, mm -hmm. uh, also known as steroids. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's just like what we said before. It's just, uh, it, it, become, it becomes a problem whenever people start competing and sort of um, mm. not having like that respect for the sport or for their opponents or whoever they're competing against. Um there was a uh, something I seen on Instagram. It was uh, Henry Calville. Do you know Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, all all the producers of the movie wanted to get the movie done very quickly, and um, before he mm. began acting in that role for Superman, he said that he didn't want to take steroids. He wanted to do it all natural because he believed that. It would be a disservice to Superfan or to Superman, uh, to the creators of Superman and to the Superman fans. And I just thought, wow, that's fucking amazing. That just gave me goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Look it up on Google. No, it actually gave me shivers up my spine because the thing is, um, when I hear this about people, uh, like that is just an amazing trait. So that's honesty. Mm-hmm. And that's being true to oneself and true to everyone around them. Mm -hmm. And this is another characteristic of what makes a beautiful human being. Mm -hmm. And I just, these are the sort of guys that I fucking, I love. Yeah. I love these guys. And I have, I form man crushes with these guys. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that, that is what makes a man honesty. And, and hard work, mm -hmm. hard work, uh, you know, work ethic and being honest and true to oneself. Like that's that's a, that's what makes a man. It's not how big they are. Yeah. You know, it's not not how good they are in a, in a fight. Yeah. Um, it's those it's those values that really makes you know really makes it a good person. Yeah. I, I feel. I feel. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true. Like um, like if I like go to like a friend's like party or to their house and there's other people there and they could be all mm. different shapes and sizes so say there was like mm. a big massive guy who you could tell goes to the gym mm. but his personality is just shit and he doesn't have any respect for anyone but then you like have someone who <laughs> could have like not like not like a bad physique um but like you could just tell the sort of way that they interact with people and the way that they were respectful. I'll have more respect for them than the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that's highly subjective as well? Sometimes do you think we can see this person without actually talking to them, but then when we start talking to them, go, "Oh wow, yeah, wow, I wouldn't have thought you'd be like that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. God, I'm actually see this conversation. I'm learning a lot about myself, and after this, after it ends, I want to practice a few things on different people. Um, because I am, I can, I can be <laughs> like, I can be like that guy. I can be that guy who can like sometimes 
be too over aggressive in an argument or like a conversation and I can sort of just like go with blinkers on if you know what I mean and just believe that my opinion's right but then there's other times where I will accept other person's uh, like beliefs and stuff like that and then with the likes of like the builder coming into the house like uh, maybe I from now on I, I'll probably I'm going to try it out for like at least a week or two and just see how it goes but just treat everyone the exact same not use any prejudices don't use any perceptions I'm just going to see how it goes and then I bet you a tenner I'll be a happier person I said a tenner ten bucks <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is like um uh, it's it's funny i this is i know this is very uh contradictory but like um i really love seeing conflict as well because it shows <laughs> that someone's really pas- passionate yeah. they're like passionate about something and i like when i see someone like getting you know agitated about something I automatically uh, know that this is something that really means a lot to this person, mm. and the reason why uh, the reason why they're actually reacting is because they're passionate, mm. and to see like this real passion in people is incredible. Like yeah. you, you really feel that that energy. Um, so yeah, like uh, I think. There's a reason. It's it's good to get angry. Like there's there's reasons why we have these emotions, and it's healthy to let these emotions out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just uh, as long as we don't um, stay with them, you know. Like we can accept them, acknowledge them, and as long as we're self-aware, then we can let them go. Like because there's a there's a reason why we get angry. Like if like back we'll go back to the caveman days again, and um, this is why we we're judgmental as well. Like if if we weren't judgmental as human beings and, you know, two two males came into our cave and we just thought, thought hey, yeah, come in, we'll make you some dinner. They end up killing our family. Like, but <laughs> yeah. we need to actually judge these people. Are these people, are they kind? Are they compassionate? You know, are they going to actually um, be of good service to us? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they actually look like they're really rough. They're really big and strong and they've got weapons. <laughs> you know, fuck them off. We we don't want them in our cave. Yeah. Like you can go away. So we are judgmental, okay? Yeah. Um it's about being in control of our of our judgments and um and how we see people and it's finding that, that balance I feel. Like yeah. we can be over judgmental. Um but it's not um it's not resisting these emotions and these feelings that we have because it's cool. Like we we're born with these amazing amazing things within us and like to acknowledge those but but not to stay with them and just just be aware of them and then just let them go and not stay with it like some people hold their anger and resentment like for years on end and uh you know it's gonna waste their lives yeah fucking hell like yeah get angry so someone cuts you off in the street of course like yeah we'll get angry but that anger might last for a minute and then we think happy thoughts again we think who we are as people, uh, and then we let it go. We're not angry anymore. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's very true. I uh, definitely have a lot of thinking about my sort of life and how I uh, how I go about it after this podcast. I'm going to try it, and I'll send you a message and let you know how it's going. <laughs>
I'll probably end up dead somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be in Singapore on the on the five o'clock news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so we we can all learn off each other too. Like, um, yeah, like freaking learning every day off people. I, lo- I love listening to to people's points of view, and yeah. um, I love getting challenged as well. Like, I've got a couple of friends um who really like to challenge me and mm-hmm. get me thinking and I love that, you know, and I think it's important to have those sort of people around to challenge our ways of thinking. Yeah. And just to be open just to be open to um new ideas, you know? Yeah, definitely um people who challenge you do give you a lot to think about, don't they? And um it, it makes you grow mm-hmm. as well because you're being put in a uncomfortable position and um makes you better equipped next time whenever it happens. So it definitely does make you grow getting into getting into those types of conversations with people. Uh, definitely, man. So see with the likes of your uh, drug and alcohol addiction, did it, did it begin because of something that happened to you or was it just because you were just sort of, you weren't fulfilled and you just wanted something else? Yeah, another good question. Uh, look, this year has been a big thinking year for me and I've come to the conclusion that I have a short attention span. Uh, so uh, what I what I feel was I was getting quite bored with the lifestyle that I was choosing and I wasn't even enjoying going out. Like, if someone was to say, oh, do you want to go out on the town, have a big three-day bender, or would you like to come on a bushwalk with me for a day? And then, you know, we'll go have a nice brekkie in the morning. And, like, I would 100% prefer the second uh, mm. than have a big bender. It's just I felt that to be accepted in society uh, and to hang out with my friends, I had to be around that party scene, mm-hmm. which I hated. Yeah. I fucking oh I hated the party scene. Like it was so boring. I was talking to people off their head who couldn't string a sentence together and trying to talk, you know, philosophical things like we're talking about, but getting nothing out of it. And <laughs> yeah, it was just like you know I was just going down a an absolute you know downward spiral, and and I thought oh god, like the more bored I was getting and the more I was delving into it, the more drunk I was taking just to uh, pick myself up. Because mm. I felt like the only way I could get excitement from being out is to be off my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I feel like a lot of it too was um, just not mixing in the right environment. Like, uh, mm. I'm big on environment design and, you know, I, I, a lot of it is uh, where we choose uh, to actually position ourselves, you know, in terms of social environments. Uh, and, you know, I was choosing to be around the party scene. That was my choice. If I really, really wanted to get away from it, I could have, you know, I could have joined a bushwalking club. Uh, we all have permission and we all have the autonomy to make our own decisions. And I was making poor decisions and it was costing me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of money of, uh, you know, like the drug. Oh, God. It was. I, I spent 
I spent a lot of money on drugs. Uh, in, so in 2000 and, 2018, I think I worked out, I spent something like $40,000 on drugs. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, that's, you know, I feel, you know, and I don't, I know this sounds ridiculous. I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do not regret it because it's made me the person who I am today and, yeah. Um, it's cool, like um, who I met during these times and the experiences I had, and geez, the, the amount of people who I met, it was very valuable, and it's made it's going going to make me into a um, into a counsellor who I really want to be, and yeah. I really want to want to help others get through those times, and I can truly, you know, not a hundred percent relate to these people, but it just it gives me a feeling that. You know, I can understand a little bit of what they what they may be going through at the present time. Yeah, with uh, with counsellors, like if I was going to a counsellor, I've never been to one before, but um, I believe uh, whenever I come back to Australia, I will go to one because I feel like um, everyone like everyone trains their body, so why not train your brain? Um, uh-huh. That's a, it's a good way to look at it, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's better to learn. And like talk to people that have went through, um, like you said, it may not be the exact same, but you still went through that discomfort and that vulnerable stage in your life. Um, whereas you see some people who, I don't know what people like. This is the perception thing again. Like you, you would look at someone, <laughs> and you would, <laughs> you would look at their like social media or something, or you would just know that like they were born with like. A silver spoon they just went straight into university got their degree came out they've went through mm. no like that's just the perception of things but whereas whenever you talk to someone like yourself and then you find out like what's uh like the, what you've been through it, it really does it, it would make it easier on um on the person coming to you if you know what i mean um fuck this this life is so fucked up like i'm realizing the things i'm saying after i say it and i'm I'm kind of when you're talking yeah i'm kind of a bitch like i'm i'm thinking about i'm like i'm a bitchy judgmental fucker (laughs) um yeah you're a good bloke yeah well thanks (laughs) that's that's your perception is what you think of yourself it's not actually true yeah that's true um <laughs> do you uh yeah. whenever you were coming into this like new stage of your life then did you have to go to like yeah. alcoholics anonymous or anything like that or did you just like stop them straight away Nah, see i'm very um yeah when i do something i just go in full throttle okay uh, so I, I'm very lucky. I've got like the best family you could ever ask for and incredible friends around me, uh, who gave me the support I needed. And the, the main thing that helped me through was actually prepping for my first bodybuilding comp. So I made a rule and I, I signed up to a, um, like I'm, I'm a personal training nutrition coach, but the thing is, it's very hard to train yourself, uh, during prep. So I signed up with my uh, good friend, Andy McKenzie. So he's got a company called Strong Force Fitness and he comes out of the Gold Coast. And I rang him up. I said, mate, let's prep for my first bodybuilding competition. 
So this was a this is was was like a uh, a method I used to keep me accountable to staying off drugs and alcohol. Mm. Uh, so I I made the decision in on the first of January last uh, this sorry this year so nearly twelve months ago uh, in four months which was being April I'm going to compete in my first natural bodybuilding comp so I've worked hard pushed hard I was two weeks out in April was uh, competing in my first bodybuilding comp and then the pandemic hit uh, so <laughs> I was uh, I was pretty pretty annoyed and. Yeah. Um, I was really, really frustrated, uh, but uh, I, I ended up moving moving back to my hometown in Echuca for a few months, and then just started making uh, building gym equipment. Mm. Yeah, so it actually it started a new beginning almost. And then in July, I talked to my coach Andy. I said, "Mate, we're making incredible progress with this uh, homemade gym. Is there any reason?" to go back to gyms, Ken, is it possible to actually jump up on stage through homemade gym equipment? He goes, mate, let's do it. <laughs> so I just, continue, I, I just continued to build equipment and I ended up making, like, it actually became an obsession. I'm, I, I've got an obsessive uh, sort of nature within me. So, you know, what turned out a couple of dumbbells ended up being a bloody, uh, so weight plates, leg press, uh, squat, squat rack, treadmill, rowing machine, chin-up bar, uh, cable machine, uh, kettlebells. And it became a session and, and people were uh, asking, how'd you build that? How'd you build that? So I just started, it was way easier instead of doing like a rip riding down a step-by-step process. I just thought, I've got to start making videos. And that's <laughs> yeah. what started the whole YouTube uh, you know, the whole YouTube channel and the, the craze pretty well. And um yeah, it just started getting more and more popular, and it was really helping people through. And it's even today, like I'm, I'm really thankful that I can communicate with people around the world and and answer their questions on what materials they can use for this. Uh, no, it's been lots of fun. Yeah, it's uh, whenever I was looking through your feed, I, there were some things I was just like, "Fuck me, that is so innovative." So, like the likes of the treadmill, what did you use for the uh, the things you run on? Oh yeah, I used some um, some metal tubing, which is three mil thick, uh, and it runs on actually uh, rotates on on uh, bearings. So, oh okay, uh, the bearings, yeah, it was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, that one that one wasn't the most frustrating to build. Uh, that one was probably the, the coolest one, probably the one that I had most fun building. Yeah, uh, it wasn't the hardest, but but yeah, I mean, getting all those um, getting all those metal rods onto the bearings was a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the most challenging bit of equipment was the freaking rowing machine. Like that was yeah. Like, what was that? That was like a bicycle was, wheel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bike. It was a bike wheel. I destroyed this bike wheel and <laughs> ended up, uh, yeah, using that as like the uh, the spindle, the spindle wheel. Yeah. And then just attached them. Uh, actually, I ended up using the the bike chain and latched that onto onto where the gears are. Oh, very so that good. That just goes back and forth, and I put resistance. I cut up some metal bits of tin as resistance uh, in between the the spokes, the metal spokes of the wheel, and. 
um, my father, uh, this is really funny. Uh, my father rings me up and he goes, what are you up to? I said, oh, I'm building a rowing machine. He's like, hmm, cool. What else? I said, oh, I've destroyed this bike and put a wheel on it. He goes, that's interesting. He goes, you know, you could probably put a speedometer on that. I went, what? How? He goes, just go to the bike store and they've got like a wireless, uh, you know, a wireless speedometer. I'm sure you can put it on that rowing machine. Oh, my God. Oh, you're, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> and I, ran, I, literally, I literally ran down to the bike store because I was about half an hour from finishing the movie. <laughs> I ran down to the bike store. It had half an hour until it closed and bought this wireless uh, speedometer. And it's, so now you can actually tell how far and how fast you go on this rowing machine. That's so amazing. I thank for that one. I didn't. I can't take credit for the speedometer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He really brainstormed on that one and came through with the goods. That is amazing. So sorry. Before we got yeah. cut off there, you put the speed uh, the speedometer on it, so it tells you exactly how fast you're going then on the rowing machine. Yeah. So uh, that's so yeah. clever. It's. it's yeah, it just, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, I did not think of that one. And that was a completely out-of-the-box uh, sort of thing. And that's, uh, yeah, that was icing on the cake for the old rowing machine. Like, mm. That was, uh, yeah, that was well worth it, that one. Brilliant. That is, that is so amazing. And then with the likes of, like, uh, like the squat rack and stuff like that, whenever I've seen you being, that being built, that... Um, I'm not a builder, but like obviously looking at that, I would say that that would probably be one one of the more easier things to build. Would it, would that be correct? Oh, so easy that one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's um. Look, if I was going to pick one of the easiest ones, uh, I'd say the squat rack, uh, dumbbells, and the kettlebells. Now the kettlebells are actually a bit of fun, and I've had a few families. Uh, write to me on, on YouTube and just say, oh, hey, we really appreciate um, your kettlebell movie. We've done this as a family, um, like a family activity on the weekend and we had lots of fun because what it is, it's uh, you can use your creativity with uh, what balls you want. Mm. You just cut them open and and um, so you can get basketballs or volleyballs or uh, I've just got these really funny looking emojis yeah i've seen uh, that so i thought they they fitted quite well into the into the iso gym and added some yeah. positivity with their smiles um yeah so it's one of those things that's been really fulfilling because getting messages um you know from families saying oh we really value your your videos and it's given us a, an activity to, to do as a family uh it really yeah i know it's really warming and yeah it's it's nice that people are utilizing these these videos. Uh, so yeah. No, that's uh, I've actually got a business idea for you now. Uh, so see the kettlebells. I haven't seen anyone do this, but you could like print, like make a printable sort of kettlebell. That'd be I think it'd be a good idea. A printable kettlebell. Yeah. So like you could you can make the kettlebell. No way, like you see kettlebells and they're just like plain black, or like you'll see, yeah, um, yeah, like just like different colors, whatever. But like you can actually like make printable ones. So no way, like you have like moonpig.com where like you can make like a card and put like an image on it. Like say like someone died yeah. in your family and like you're really like into the gym and you wanted to like see like say like it was like your grandfather or something, just put them on the kettlebell and then you'd be with them every day training. <laughs> 
Mate, you might have to cut this out of your podcast. I know, I'm mate. Still our idea. I'll edit that out as well. Yeah, edit that one, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea, though. Yeah, yeah I think one. it would be cool. Nice. Um, mm. Sort of one of the last couple of things I wanted to talk to you about was uh, with your with your gym is it strictly for you or do you let other people come into obviously you said like your pt but like have you opened up to like anyone else or just because of pandemic uh, the pandemic it's just solely for you mm. no no i um during the pandemic i was very careful i only had two of my good friends who were using it mm-hmm. uh yeah but now that the pandemic well the pandemic here in australia like we're um with West and in Victoria, it's almost non-existent. Yeah, it's good, no. Uh, so I, I let people come in here and use it as a bit of a novelty still. And I actually, um, I've got a client who I train uh, in here as well. Oh, okay, um, So cool. he gets a lot out of it too. And um, yeah, so I, I do still train people in my um, in my ISO gym. And every so often, a few, few of the mates will just do a bit of a session in there just for a bit of a laugh and... Mm. I know there's really good energy in there, uh, but through comp prep, uh, it was oh, it was just an incredible feeling in there. Like uh, most of comp prep, I was working out in my in my underwear in the ISO gym and uh, <laughs> playing playing my playing my nineties pop hits and nice. yelling at the yelling at the uh, you know at the height of my voice as loud as I could go. And uh, people, I'm actually situated right right in the center of Benigo. So people would walk past and I'd be posing in the mirror, like practicing my bodybuilding and doing all my moves and people would go and pass going, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? <laughs> like and I was yelling and screaming and yeah. I was in, I was in, it's, it's really hard to explain, but I was in my own, literally in my own world and I was loving it. Yeah. Like nothing could stop me and no one could stop me and, like even being a forty degree day in the ISO gym and I was sweating my balls off, I was still laughing and smiling because I knew that I was working so hard and nothing yeah. was going to stop me from getting up on that stage. <laughs> that nothing could stop me. And <laughs> how many like so? See for your like so say like you're not training at the moment for a competition. You're just chilling now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, no, I am. Um, so we started actually bulking. So this is a really fun stage, bulking. Okay. Uh, so we can eat a couple of hamburgers a week and yeah. just the, the weights keep going up and you feel real big. Um, all the hormones are, are like in place and sleeping well. This is a really cool time and especially during Christmas, it, it helps. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm prepping for my next bodybuilding comp will be in October. Right, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of work to do uh, between them because with bodybuilding, uh, what you have to do is bulk. So I'll probably put on about 10 kilo now. Mm-hmm. I'll jump up to about 95, maybe 100 kilo. And then to get the definition and to get that ripped look, we start cutting calories. So mm-hmm. start like keep working out really hard, but the calories start cutting from about, oh, look, from about three months out. And then it's a huge calorie reduction from six weeks out. And that's what uh, brings in the muscle. Right, but, okay. Uh, I'm really focusing on my legs. Uh, my legs have been uh, the biggest thing this year that I've uh, brought to the table. So I'm addicted to training legs. I love training legs. It's my favorite <laughs> body part now. And to actually see some tree trunks beginning yeah. is a really rewarding 
feeling. That's amazing. My fucking legs are like toothpicks. They're so tiny. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was yeah. like, whenever I first went to the gym, whenever I was 16, I was just like, it was all about chest and like arms and like just making yourself look bigger. And we always neglected our legs. And uh, yeah. it's just so stupid. Yeah, it's fucking, it's so stupid. Um, yeah. So how many, how many days do you train a day? Or how many days do you train over a week, sorry? I train, um, like, I lift weights six days a week. Like, that's actually, to be honest, that's a lot. Um, I do a split routine. Um, to build muscle as a beginner, I would recommend someone train three to four days a week and mainly focusing on compound exercises. So compound exercises like a squat or a yeah. deadlift. Uh, so a compound exercise uh, is an exercise that uses multiple muscle groups. Yeah. Uh, the reason why this is so beneficial is uh, you're you're using more of your body. So, um, like for a squat, for example, uh, you know you you're actually using your quads, your hamstrings, and you're loading up your lower back as well. So, using um, a variety of different muscle groups, uh, which which means if you're using all those muscle groups at once, uh, yeah, you're um, you're putting a lot of stimulus on those every exercise. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, as a beginner, I, I really recommend those uh, compound exercises. But as you get more advanced, you can start putting uh, isolation exercises in. So you're just really putting emphasis on uh, one particular muscle group uh, at a time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So like you might just want to train shoulders one day and then train back. Uh, but the difference between a beginner and a, and a more advanced is like a beginner with compound exercises you know, you might train back and legs and shoulders all in one day, but you're putting more uh, emphasis on uh, all those muscle groups at once. So mm. it usually means you're going to grow more quickly. But as you progress, it's a lot harder to grow, so you need to put more emphasis on isolation exercises. Right, okay. So sort of mm. like, obviously, like for a beginner, three to four days, and then whenever you start mm. seeing that like you're able to lift the weight and you've got the correct technique and you're noticing a lot of progress and then you sort of go into that like mm. intermediary sort of stage you would recommend yeah, yeah, yeah. would you because like i see i see so many people doing different things online i'm kind of the guy who will go in a gym and do uh so like monday to friday it'll be like monday chest tuesday legs wednesday arms uh thursday back mm. and then on friday mm. offer when like a hit or something like that there um but like i see people doing these like sort of things where they incorporate like a pull workout or a push workout and i've never i've never like done that before so like they'll like with their push they'll do like leg press they'll but they'll also do their bench press on the same day like is that what you would do or is that totally wrong <laughs> well not wrong no, but like, there's no there's no right or wrong yeah so, um yeah, so you've you've got a few different methods. You can do do like a, a pull or a push. Uh, that definitely works. And sometimes uh, my coach and I will will do that as well. And what I think is important, uh, my personal opinion in fitness and through my experience over the years, is to mix it up all the time. So I would say every eight weeks, every eight to ten weeks, I would completely mix it up because the body is very adaptable. Uh, and it 
it adapts to your training method. So if you were to do compound exercises for 12 months, uh, look, you'll you'll see a bit of you'll get you'll get a few gains and you'll see some uh, some definition and that sort of thing. You'll see some progress happen. Uh, but the thing is, your body will become used to it. It knows what to expect in the gym mm-hmm. because it's been there before. It knows what what to do. But suddenly, after eight weeks, you've you've done compound exercises, and then you go into a push pull routine for eight weeks. Your body's going, "What the fuck are you doing to me?" <laughs> so it's putting it under a different stimulus, yeah. and that's when we start to see results. That's when the body really starts to grow. Because with big changes uh, in our routines, uh, our body really needs to adjust. And uh, yeah, it's uh, that, it's shocking the body. Mm-hmm. And it's and then after pull, push and pull for eight weeks, you might want to uh, do something completely different and just do all isolation exercises, for example. And then you go back to compound exercises. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like it's important to keep changing the routine, not too often. Like I would recommend eight to 10 weeks and then almost have like a week off in between as well just to give the nervous system uh, a bit of time to recuperate. Mm-hmm. And what else was I going to say? Yeah, oh, what else is important is keeping it a journal. So like if you are doing a certain workout for eight to 10 weeks, if you're lifting the same weight every week, your body's not going to grow. Yeah, because what makes our body grow is lifting heavy. Because if you lift heavy, the body then next week has to it remembers how hard you lift and how 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 heavy you lift and how hard it was. So it actually has to physically grow to compensate for all the extra weight that you're lifting. Yeah. So the thing is, if if we're not increasing our weight in the gym, we're not going to see any results. And um, a workout journal is one of the most beneficial things that we can have in the gym. Mm-hmm. So calculating the weight, and even if we're going up, like we talked about earlier in this podcast, we're going up one kilogram in weight a week. Mm-hmm. You know, after eight weeks, we're making massive gains. Yeah. So it's about making progress, and it's not a lot of progress in like a week, but after ten weeks, you know, you've gone up ten kilo. So yeah. it's just those small changes and keep progressing. It's all about momentum, and if we have momentum and progression, we're just going to continually. Uh, yeah, keep uh, keep getting results. That's yeah. what it's all about. Thanks for the advice. I'll have to send you some money. That was like my own sort of personal PT in session there, like a consultation. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, everyone's got their own opinions, but uh, you, you like it's experience at the end of the day and um, trial and error and seeing what works best for for you as well. Yeah, because um, yeah, certain. Certain uh, exercises may not work for you. Like you might have a back problem, or you know, and you might have to talk to your trainer to to work around it. Yeah. So it's it's all uh, dependent on what works best for the individual. Brilliant. Um, mm. I wanted to talk about one very last thing, and then I'll let you go. Um, sure, sure. You had was it Channel Nine or Seven News at your house? Oh, Channel Nine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how did that come about? Uh, yeah. So apparently they went to like a a supplement store, Elite Supplements here in Benigo, and 
they were interviewing a uh, bodybuilder there, and I think something came up about my um, my home gym, and then they got uh, they got word on it and just gave me a call and wanted to do a story <laughs> about it. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was quite funny, uh, but. To be honest, I felt really awkward during during it because I the main reason I did the ISO gym was to help people make gym equipment and to get them through through the pandemic. And I wasn't expecting the, the questions about uh, bodybuilding and, and my body, so they really uh, they really put me on the spot. <laughs> and um, so I, I felt a little bit awkward during it, to be honest, because. Oh, okay. uh, it was just because I didn't really want to talk talk about myself so much and about bodybuilding. I I more wanted to talk about how I made the equipment and yeah. and the purpose of why I did it and that sort of thing. And I, don't know, I, I was sort of taken back. Like I was like, oh, yeah. oh, what about you know, what about bodybuilding in my body? I, I don't care. Like uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I was sort of um, yeah. So I learned a valuable lesson through that is to actually ask. Um, beforehand, what sort of questions they're going to ask me? Yeah, yeah. So, but no. At the same time, it was pretty cool, and uh, the most fun I've had through the media and, um, and that sort of thing actually was uh, I went on uh, Triple M Radio, and that was really good because that was more about why I was doing it, yeah, and not about me necessarily, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, and that was a lot more fulfilling, and I think. Uh, why the reason why I was doing the ISO gym was a lot more apparent in that in that interview with Triple N, and it, it was a live, it was all live, so it was really it felt really natural, and mm-hmm. I was just speaking truly from the heart. So, yeah. um, you know what news the news uh, I like, mate. They they like to spin spin a story around sometimes. Misconstrue um, things. Yeah, I just felt like the radio live cast was a lot better because it was more. Uh, it felt like it was. More genuine. Yeah. Um, look, Nine News did a great story, and um, you know it was fantastic. And I'm really appreciative that they um, they contacted me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just felt a little bit awkward with a few of the questions. And it's not them; like it's more probably it's more probably me and how I felt about myself. And um, maybe I should be more appreciative of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 how it went down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah. thanks very much yeah. for doing this. Um, you've given me a lot of inspiration. You probably give a lot of people a lot of inspiration, um, especially just during this tough time. I said to my girlfriend, um, oh, she's I haven't actually mentioned it. She's actually a counselor as well, so she has her own business. And, You're joking. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I, oh, that's freaky. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she. Oh, I was I was going to ask you, what's it like um, being being with, you know, being in a relationship with a counsellor? Um, yeah, it's it's good. Like, I mean, she obviously has like client confidentiality, so she can't go into um, too much detail about stuff that she, she says, but. I mean, she tells me about the stuff that she learns about all the time. And like, I sort of consider mm. myself as a counselor now as well, because she practiced everything on me. So, <laughs> um, well, that's what, I, that's what I was asking, mate. Like, are there sometimes like, you know, you might have a disagreement yeah. and then you're like, 
Oh, I wonder if she's using her counseling techniques. <laughs> well, she's she's reading a book at the moment, and I was laughing my head off at it. So she bought it, and I looked at the title, and it says, uh, "What was the title?" It was uh, "How to Escape Living with a Narcissist." And I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, right, this definitely is for research purposes. It can't be about me. That's what a narcissist would say. (laughs) So I I went and said to her about it. I was like, I seen this book. And she was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, uh, because I'm like, I want to deal with like a lot of people who are like in bad relationships and stuff like that. So I thought this would be good to sort of research. And I was like, huh. Is that what it is? <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, funny. no, I mean, That's like, really I'm really into like, uh, I, I'm a big uh, fan of Joe Rogan and uh, Jordan Peterson oh. and like Russell Brand. I love oh. all those guys. So like, oh, stop it! <laughs> yeah, Russell Brand. Uh, Russell Brand and Joe Rogan are like my two uh, idols at the moment. I really love yeah. those two. They're they're just um I just love how they're like that's why I done the podcast mainly because of Joe and like he just started on Twitter he was just doing like a live Twitter stream and um he streamed it to YouTube and then he wasn't even talking to guests he just had his friends on and they were just doing stupid shit and then people were like oh you should get people on and talk to him and then he started doing it and I was just like I kind of like through my life. Um, I went to uni, got a history degree, done fuck all with it. Yeah. I went into real estate job. I really liked that in Belfast. But then in Belfast in Ireland, I was just like, there's more to life. I need to travel. So we went to Southeast mm-hmm. Asia and then we came to Australia. And in oh. Australia, I sort of felt like I need to sort of find myself. I need to like, I need to put energy into something. So I started doing like some fitness courses online. I really do enjoy fitness. So I will come back to that. But then I got caught in a job where it was just like nine to five. And then um, it was hard to try and do other hobbies because I was coming back and I was just mentally drained. Um, but then Emma just bought me this podcast set. And then because she knew I, in work, I was listening to Joe Rogan every day, all day. And she bought me the podcast and she's like, you could do that. And she was like, you can talk to people. Like you can, you you could talk away to people. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. So it took me about two weeks to get the courage to actually do it. And then I'd done it. And I'd done the first episode with Emma. And then I started asking a couple of people that I knew. And then it's just taken off now. And now I'm at, this is episode 21 on. And like, it just feels like natural now. It's so weird. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love, this is what I love. I love hearing people finding purpose in life. Yeah. And realizing that there is more to life than, than what they're uh, currently doing. And and it, it's quite easy. Well, it's not easy. It's actually hard to find what our purpose is in life. But uh, I really feel that state of flow. So the state of flow is like when you forget to eat, when you forget to drink, mm. when you forget what time it is. Um, and then envisioning what you would enjoy teaching somebody. I think these are things uh, which help to find our purpose. Yeah, definitely. And if we can answer those questions, 
I think we're uh, we're on our way. Yeah, definitely. No, I I, I totally agree. Um, it's weird you mentioned that state of flow, isn't it? Weird whenever like you could be just riding or like you could be like doing like your fitness or something, and uh, you just like forget about everything. It's so weird. I love that though. It's so natural. Well, I think we're in a state of flow because it's uh, it's nearly been yeah. We're going a long way here. like an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're... I've forgot, uh, forgotten eight. I forgot what time it was. Yeah, we're, we're, having a, we're having a good time. Talking to each other. Listen, um, what's your YouTube channel called for people to uh, to go on to that? Yeah, so my YouTube is Matt Noonan, M-A-T-T-N-U-N-A-N. So it's all one word. And my Instagram is actually the same. As okay, well. cool. Perfect. All lowercase. Great. No, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I will put this podcast up next week. I'll make sure to put all the links in so people can go and look at what you're doing. Um, really recommend people to go onto, to, onto his Instagram page, get a bit of inspiration for yourself for the new year and some motivation. But uh, yeah, listen, Matt, thanks very much. I think we'll end it there. Thanks, Nate. I really uh, appreciate your time today and yeah, hope to talk to you in the future. Yeah, definitely. We'll make a date. Sounds good, man. Cool, man. Thanks very much. Have a good new year as well. Yeah, you too. Thanks, George. Bye.